now it's time to enjoy the richness of God's Word as we are on the road traveling. And I have a message that I would like to share with you today. Praise God. I want you to take your Bibles and meet me in Joshua chapter 1. There, now I can see you better and you can see me better too. Joshua chapter 1, and we want to look at verse 8. We are going to receive the tithes and offerings with this verse and it, because it's very powerful. But we also want to study this verse more deeply and thoroughly today because I want to teach you how to meditate on the Word of God. Praise the Lord. I've got a lot of glare, so I'm going to pull that just a little bit. Praise the Lord. Isn't that nice? Praise God. Now we can knock out some of that glare. Praise the Lord. Now, Joshua chapter 1, and follow me down to verse 8. The Bible says, This book of the law, or what we would call the Word of God, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Your mouth is very important. So that means that the Word of God needs to be in your mouth on a regular, constant basis. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then you will make your way prosperous. So there is a designated point of where prosperity and success begin. We'll talk about the attachment of that point to meditation in the Word of God. And it says, and then you will have good success. So you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So just off that powerful statement from God's Word alone, I want you to now bring in the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God, knowing that God has on His heart and on His mind your prosperity and success. Not failure, not bankruptcy, not living perpetually on food stamps or living out of the uh, dollar store. Praise God. It might be fun to shop at the dollar store at times, but you can't buy any furniture there. And you really, for, uh, for most points, you can't buy any healthy food there that won't wreck your system eventually if you're eating stuff that only costs 99 cents out of a can. Hallelujah. My friends, you have to take care of your body. You have to treat it right. You need to run it on high octane. If you have a high performance car, you cannot put regular gasoline in it. It has to have high octane. It requires a better diet. So you need to take care of yourselves. And today, you want to be mindful of God's plan for your life concerning prosperity and success, not poverty and failure. Now, if it had said that in the Bible, we just read that and it said that, we would have to deal with that. But thank goodness, it's a sunny day. It's a good day. There's no, there's no poverty. There's no failure on God's plan for your life. It's prosperity and it is success. And God wants your finances to be prosperous, flourishing, blooming. How about this? And even increasing. So if you are prepared now to mail your tithes and offerings in, I know some people prefer to mail them in. We receive those at the P.O. Box, pick them up, bring them back to the ministry office. They are prayed over, and they are received as unto the Lord, because they are, in the sense, being put in the Lord's hands. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, very clearly, that the Lord Jesus, my friends, he is still receiving the tithe. I, I know some people teach that it stopped at the cross. The tithe did not stop at the cross. It went right through into the New Covenant, and uh, you're not forced to tithe, 
But at the same time, if you don't tithe, you will never understand the faith walk and you will never engage the financial covenant, which works. Wow. Praise the Lord. So if you are ready to mail your tithes and offerings in to the storehouse of God, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 3456, Mooresville, North Carolina, the zip code 28117. Now, for those that like the safe, secure, quick uh, access of going online and bringing in your tithes and offerings over the internet into the ministry storehouse, please go to stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tides and Offerings Sow and Reap. And you can click that and bring them in right now. Praise the Lord. Please lift your hands for a blessing. Father, I speak blessing over the finances of your people, that it is your will, your desire, that they experience prosperity and good success in every venture of their life and every dimension and facet of their life. We thank you for prosperity and good success. So, Father, remove any trace of poverty, remove any trace of poverty mentality, of lack, or thinking there's insufficiency. Oh, God, remove that from their lives. Let them be in the overflow. Let them be in the abundance. And, Father, also take them into good success. Good success, good, de good decision-making, wisdom, access to the proper knowledge, and access to the proper people. Father, we thank you. We thank you for <clears throat> everything that they put their hands to, being blessed. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. Everything that they put their hands to, being blessed. I speak that over your life now. Receive, in the name of Jesus, and bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. I tell you what, you're blessed. The Word of God says that all that you put your hands to, God commands a blessing upon it. Hallelujah. Good things are happening to you today. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to jump back into this verse 1 of Joshua chapter 8, and we want to talk today about meditation, how to properly meditate on the Word of God. And I think just automatically, a lot of people in the Western church, when they hear the word meditation or meditate, they instantly think uh, New Age mysticism. They think perhaps Hinduism. A lot of people would think Buddhism. Uh, they, they would think other Far East religions that, that emphasize the fact of emptying yourself. Let your mind become blank and become one with the universe. So that's not what we're talking about. And by the way, that's unscriptural. You're not supposed to empty your mind. You're supposed to fill your mind with the Word of God. Now, I know there is a emptying of, of chaos, an emptying of what we would call busyness, and calming down, slowing down, coming into the peace of God. But my friends, biblical meditation is very different than what the world would try to do to really get you, in many ways, possessed with evil spirits. In other words, if you're, if you're saying, I'm trying to empty myself so something can fill me, well, trust me, something would be glad to fill you. The devil would love to send an evil spirit to fill a person because if there's nobody home, somebody's always willing to come in. But my friends, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about filling ourselves up with the Word of God to the point where it really is on the forefront of our mind. It, it, it determines how we think. 
It determines how we respond. It it determines what comes out of our mouth, particularly in pressure situations, particularly in crisis situations. That's why you must meditate because it's during those heavyweight moments, pressure moments, that what's inside of you really will come out. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 8 again. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Praise the Lord. One more time. This book of the law, this is the word of God, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. All right, for those of you that are watching me on live stream, you're probably wondering, Pastor Stephen, why on earth did you pick a cow for the image for the Sunday morning broadcast program? Pastor Stephen, you have a picture of a cow laying in a field. My friends, the word meditate in Hebrew imagery, when you look at that word in the original Hebrew language, it has the word picture of a cow that chews the cud. Now, for those of you that didn't grow up on a farm, and perhaps maybe you haven't been around livestock that much, a cow is an unusual animal in the way that God designed its stomach. Some people, they say that the cow has four stomachs. That's not technically correct. It actually has one stomach, but four very different and unique compartments within the stomach. And so what it will do is it will eat the grass. The cow will eat the grass. It'll chew the grass, swallow the grass down into uh, its internal system to digest it, It goes into the stomach. It goes into the first compartment of the stomach. But the grass is still much undigested. It begins to digest some of it to begin to get the initial nutrients out of the grass. But then the cow will burp and it will regurgitate the food back up. Out of that first compartment, the food comes back up into its mouth. Now remember, it is partially digested now, so it's it's beginning to break down, and so the cow chews on it now some more, and that's called the cud. C-U-D. It's chewing the cud. And it will chew on it some more, swallow it again. And it goes back down into the system, moves now into the uh, back through the first compartment, back into the second compartment, gets broken down some more, it gets regurgitated back up again. The cow's burping and it's and it's chewing all at the same time. And it, you know, really, when you watch a cow do it, it's very relaxing for the cow. And then uh, he'll swallow it back down again. Eventually, it works its way all the way through all four compartments of the stomach. And we, by the way, we don't have we don't have that. So any any human that's out eating grass, you have to uh, question the logic of what it is they're doing because our stomachs are not designed like some of the animals. Uh, uh, they have unique mechanisms that allow them to function uh, with eating things that we're not designed by God to eat. So long story short, after four compartments, that food has been uh, utilized to its highest percentage of getting all the nutrients out of it by the constant chewing on the cud. Now, you can understand a little bit why the biblical definition of meditate means to chew on. It is the word imagery of a cow chewing the cud. And so you chew on the word of God, and this is where many people miss it. They are not having the good success, the prosperity that they want because they'll look at a scripture, they might even memorize the scripture, but they never ever chew on that scripture. So I I want to say something. 
When it comes to manifesting the Word of God, when I say the Word of God, I'm, I'm talking about promises of God, things that are not in your life taking place that are supposed to take place, that Jesus wants to take place, and you're wondering why, why is it not happening? I, I believe God for it, at least I believe to a certain degree, in the sense that I know he wants me to have it. He's not withholding it, but yet I can't seem to get this to manifest in my life. So one of the first things and one of the most critical things that you need to do, which is what God uh, told Joshua to do, is you're going to have to really, really meditate. And that means chew on it chew on it. Don't just memorize it and now you have an intellectual grabbing of it, but it's not in here. You have not digested it. Maybe you've just got it in the first compartment, so to speak, of your stomach, but it has never come all the way through. And so the strength of that scripture, the strength of that word is not, is not uh, fully assimilated into your spirit. It's just surface. There's no depth. And so what you have to do is you have to begin to chew on that word. And when you do that, the Bible says something very interesting. Uh, you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. When it's uh, now, now, this is the release point. When you're doing this, this is when your good success and your prosperity begin. And the Bible also says that you may observe to do according <coughs> excuse me, to all that is written in it. What is written in the Word of God? Basically instructions, right? The Bible, this book, the Word of God, in the Old Covenant known as the Law of God. Now for believers under, under grace, under the New Covenant, is basically the Word of God. What, what's in it? Instructions. If you can't follow instructions and you don't meditate on those instructions, you're not going to have the success that you want. Just like you wouldn't have success at your job if your boss had to tell you over and over again the same thing. See, he's paying you a certain amount of money to do what he's assigned you to do. In other words, he's given instructions. Maybe the instructions were on the job description, but those were instructions of what your position is. So if you don't follow them, or you do them wrong, or you deviate from them, and you have your own version of how you think that should be, then what the boss has to do is he has to go back and repeat back over to you again what the initial instruction was. I'm telling you, there are some people, I'm talking about Christians, that are not very good at following instructions. How do you know if you're not good at this? When somebody has to tell you two times, three times, four times, five times, six times, over and over again. Why? Because you're not doing what was instructed. Eventually, from a natural perspective, uh, with an employer-employee relationship, you could see how the relationship would get strained uh, and that, that job could be lost to an employee because they cannot follow an instruction. The better you are at immediately following instructions, the greater favor you will have in the eyes of your employer. Now remember, we, we in essence, we all work for the Lord. That's what the Apostle Paul said, even referring to slaves and even referring to masters of slaves. And that, that you know, clearly tells us that they had slavery back in those days, which, we, you know, from historical records, we know that that was the case. But even the masters, Paul said, you also have a master. 
And so we are all working for somebody. We are all answering to a higher authority, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our boss, and we are, as it says in the Greek, a doulos. That means a slave. Praise the Lord. So we're all answering to somebody. We're all going to receive wages. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Did you ever stop to think that sin pays that you're going to get paid. It, uh, uh, let, let me say, let me talk to any sinners, any unsaved people that might be watching. Did you ever stop to think that you'll get paid for your sinning? The wages of sin, the payment of sin is what is death, eternal separation from God, going to hell for all eternity, and being lost in your sin. See, there's wages, and even for a believer, if you're walking in sin, practicing sin, there there are. There are certain things that you open up the door and you let the devil in, you're going to have some trouble. Close the door to the devil. Stop sinning. That's what the Apostle Paul said. He said, stop sinning. Why? Because there are wages of sin. If you sin, you're going to get paid for that. Hallelujah. And there's also the wages of righteousness. If you live right, you will see payment. You will see the results of that in your life. There's no different. You go to work, you do a good job at work, you're going to get paid well. But if, you, if you're not doing good, you're, you're probably going to end up losing that job, which means loss of pay. But either way, what we do, we get paid for it. So my, my friends, you have to understand, we need to follow instructions that we may observe to do according to all that is written in it. So you don't want to just be a surface reader of the Bible. You want to be a student of the Word of God, a, a practitioner of the Word of God, so that you know what's in it and that you can take that word and you can literally use it like a master mechanic uses a tool. And you can begin to operate that word in your life and begin to know it very, very well and produce incredible results, of course, which the Bible says here would, would to be, uh, be made prosperous and to have good success. So we have prosperity and good success as things that are very, very quickly resulting from meditating and working the Word of God. For then you will make your way. For then. When is then? When is the moment, Pastor Stephen, when all of this really begins to kick in and begins to work the way that I believe that it can? Well, it really starts right here. Meditating in the Word of God. Hallelujah. We're going to talk about how to do it. We're even going to practice meditating. I'm going to, I'm going to show you how I do it. I'm going to show you a biblical method, and I believe it will make uh, tremendous strides for your practicing in your own life. Hallelujah. When you begin to put it to work. So you're going to be meditating the Word of God. How often? Here's, again, where some people, they have a disconnect. To meditate means to chew on. Okay, Pastor Stephen, I chewed on it. I'm I, I'm treating the word of God like a piece of beef jerky. I you know beef jerky's tough. You can't you can't get it down, you know, within the five or six chews. You have to chew on it maybe for forty seconds before you can swallow a piece of beef jerky. But the thing is to meditate the word of God day and night. You have some people. I'm talking about Christians. They'll look at their Bible. Uh, of course, some don't look at it at all. They're the only the only time they even think about the word is maybe on Sunday morning, and that's about it. In between, then it's just it's just famine, spiritual famine. But my friends, what you need to do is meditate on the word of God day and night, chew on it on a continual basis. Now, if you begin to do this, 
you will reach a place where your spirit becomes so satiated with the Word of God that you're so full that that's what begins to come out of you. This is what begins now to affect your way of thinking. This is what begins to affect your decision-making processes. This is what begins to uh, produce what we would call backbone or moral character. And you sometimes you read about history and these wars. You would have certain men, uh, sometimes in certain situations, women that rose up to do things of incredible bravery. And you think, wow, I would, I would like to have an attribute like that in my life. Well, this is how you, you step into it. If you want to have deep moral resolve, if you, want to have, if you want to have unshakable convictions to go and do the right thing when everybody else is running the other direction doing the wrong thing, then you need to meditate on the Word of God day, or night, day and night. And when you want to manifest, whether it's healing, prosperity, wisdom, good success, even the gifts of the Spirit, you can begin to find select scriptures and meditate on them day and night, and it will begin to produce very, very powerfully in your life. Praise the Lord. Now, one more time, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. Meditate in it day and night, chewing on it with a constant basis. You get up in the morning, spend some time in prayer, grab a scripture. Say, Lord, I, I've prayed I've prayed for the president. I've prayed that your kingdom come, your will be done. I, I endeavor to, to lift up your kingdom cause. I'm also asking for my daily bread. Lord, I need some bread. You said man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of your mouth. So, Lord, I'm looking for a word that I can chew on today. Lord, it can it, give me a word that's so strong I can chew on it all week long. And so you find the scripture, you find a verse that pertains, now this is very important, that pertains to what it is that you're believing God to do. If you need healing in your body, you most likely need healing in a specific area. So what you want to do is you want to find Bible verses that speak to that specific area of healing that you need. General healing verses are good, but you can go even further than that and find specific verses for your literal specific need. Find one or two that are so powerful and then just begin to meditate on that verse or a couple of verses just literally all day long. Even before you go to bed at night, you just think about it a little bit more. You chew on it a little bit more. You begin to extract the strength and the energy that's in that verse so that you are well-fed and nourished. And this is how you manifest uh, a life where you're prosperous, where you have good success. And really, the Word of God is coming off the pages. It's not just ink on paper. It's manifesting its promises in your life. As you can guess, this takes some work. This takes effort. This is not just a kickback, you know, like cruise type experience. You're engaged in this. And of course, if you're on a cruise, you'd have plenty of time to do this. It is nice to take time where you just sit back and you pull this up and you just go to work on it and soak it up and soak it in. Yesterday, I was compiling some scriptures. Some of them I'm, I'm going to share with you. And uh, th this is, uh, I probably spent four hours, maybe five hours yesterday pulling some of these scriptures together. Uh, the other days I was working on it for several hours as well because when you pull these scriptures together and begin to digest them, begin to chew on them, I tell you what, after a while you have that same effect that you sense when you've had a really good meal. You feel full. 
I'm talking spiritually. You feel full. You feel like, wow, boy, that was a good meal. I, that just, that just, um, I just feel so strong. I, you, you almost want to go out and pray for somebody. I mean, yesterday I spent four hours, over four hours, just typing out and looking up healing verses. So you, you can imagine how I, I felt after having, you know, quite a bit of time in prayer. And then after that, coming over here and pulling up my laptop and just, you know, uh, for four hours, pulling up healing verses, reading them, having to type them out. So I'm looking at them very slowly and, and in essence, meditating on them. And after that, I was just like, whoo, glory to God. I know that Jesus paid for our healing at the cross. Uh, that you just become convinced of some things. People say that healing, divine healing, was not in the atonement. Well, you just sit down and read the verses for a while, and you'll become just absolutely convinced. Well, I was already convinced, but when, when, when you just read it again, you're just like, it's astounding of what Jesus accomplished for us at Calvary when he hung on that cross. He paid for our sin debt, he paid for us to receive eternal life, forgiveness of sins, and an entrance into heaven, a right relationship with God. But so many other benefits were also included as well. And not only that, looking back, you see that healing was absolutely in the Old Covenant. That, that's the thing. Some of these religious people today that don't believe in modern-day miracles, they'll actually tell you that healing was in the Old Covenant because it clearly was defined as being so. But they'll, yet, they'll turn right around and say it's not in the New Covenant. So they're really saying that the Old Covenant was better than the New, but yet the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that the New Covenant is better. Not only better, far superior. So I'll take the New because the New has eternal life, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and healing for all of your physical needs. Not just healing. It'll even take you over into the area of miracles because some things can be healed. Other things need a miracle. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So my friends, you know, it's all there for you, but you need to meditate on it. Find those verses. Remember David, when he fought Goliath, went out against Goliath with just one stone. He had four more in a pouch that he carried, but he killed a giant with one stone. You can kill a giant of sickness or disease with literally one scripture. The word of God is so powerful that you can take down any sickness or disease with one scripture. And David took down a giant with one stone. Now, he had four other stones there in that pouch. He picked up five total. He used one for Goliath. But you'll also read in the Bible that Goliath had four brothers. So David was like, you know, I don't know how this is going to unfold. I'll take the big ugly one out first. And if his brothers, if they rise up and they try to jump in on this and make it a uh, family-type event... Well, I've got something for them as well. So he, he was prepared. I'm telling you what, he went into battle ready and it actually says he ran to the giant. He wasn't afraid and, you know, just walking up real slow and shaking him between the knees. No, he took the battle to the enemy. That's what you have to do. You have to take the battle to the sickness and disease, whether it's cancer, heart disease, uh, sugar diabetes, uh, uh, lupus, Crohn's disease. You have to take the battle to the enemy. And so you must be aggressive. You must take the word of God, find your scripture, get your smooth stone out of the brook like David did and get it and use it. And the spirit of God on that word of God. See, uh, you know, when David hit Goliath, the stone hitting right here in the forehead, right between the eyes, right here. And it says it sunk into his head. I'm telling you when, when that stone 
hit Goliath, it was like it had been shot out of a gun. And there was something that was that had touched that that stone and that sling, that this was way beyond David's ability to generate this type of force just with a slingshot. Now, I know a slingshot can be extremely powerful, but my friends, the, the, what happened to the, to the giant? This was God's supernatural coming upon David's natural. And that when that stone came out of that sling, it was going with the velocity like it had been shot out of a high caliber rifle, and it took Goliath down. So you need to take your smooth stone. You need to find one scripture. You might want some more for backup or for uh, variety's sake. But take that one scripture and meditate on it day and night. You wake up in the morning, you praise the Lord, you worship the Lord, you spend time in prayer, and you talk with the Lord about that scripture. You say, Lord, this is what you said. This is your word. And I want to meditate on every facet of this verse because it means so much to me. It's life, it's power, and I'm going to use this verse, this scripture, as a weapon against this particular disease. I'm going to use a particular verse, a select verse, against a specific disease, and I'm going to break it. See, it says in Jeremiah that God's word is like a hammer, shattering and breaking all resistance, and you just hit it over and over, and you meditate that word throughout the day. When you take a break, maybe you're somewhere you can't even carry a Bible, but you know what? With a smartphone or a tablet, you just have that scripture always ready. Maybe you write it out on a card and you just pull it up. Maybe you're believing God for favor. Well, you get a favor verse and just write it out. And so every time you see that card, you're you're just you're meditating the word of God, whether it's healing. You have that healing verse and you're just meditating on that verse day and night day and night, over and over and over. And you do that for a day, you'll feel better. You do that for a week, you'll be like, my goodness, uh, I'm going to be healed. Not only am I going to be healed, this is revolutionized. This is, this is changing the way I actually am living now. Praise the Lord. I'm telling you, that's how powerful the Word of God is. So, uh, here's a few examples of some verses. I know that there are people that, that they have more than just one sickness. And so what they need is something that would set them up for a complete healing. In other words, it's not like they just have an ear problem. They've got a whole body full of problems. So what you need is a total overhaul. So what you have to do is you have to go into the scriptures and you have to find select verses. You don't need a hundred verses. That's great if you have it. But just grab a few that pertain to your situation. Now, when it comes to like a total overhaul, there's some really good ones. Here's one that you can meditate on if you're in that condition. Maybe you have five or six major diseases or symptoms in your body. How about this one? Psalm 103, verses 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Okay, so what you would do, you'd take that verse. That verse says that the Lord heals all your diseases. And you would highlight the word all, A-L-L. That means every single yucky thing out there that can make you sick or would be attached to your body. The Lord who heals all your diseases. That's every single one. So if you need that, you have any kind of disease or multiple diseases in your body, you need to write down Psalm 103, 2 and 3, and you need to meditate and chew on that every single day, all day long, 
Go to sleep thinking about it. Wake up thinking about it. Take your lunch. Eat your lunch and read and meditate on that verse. And don't, don't just read through it. Okay, I read it. No, meditate on it. Stop and think about it. Yes, he healed all my diseases. And I have the disease of uh, scoliosis. And so that is a disease. He healed all my diseases. So my sickness is included in that. I received the healing power of God into my body. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about finding select verses that pertain to your specific case. It's good to have generalized healing verses, but when you have a specific disease or sickness, you can better focus the proper healing medicine into that specific area with divine verses tailored to that need. When you go to the doctor, the doctor wants to determine what's wrong with your body. And based on what's wrong with you, whether you have a heart problem or a foot problem, he will then determine the best prescription for you. So we want to get the prescription medicine that is best suited for the need. So you want specific healing verses that will align with your exact case. And I tell you what, the Word of God has something for everybody. And you know, this works across the board. If you need healing in your finances, then you need to be studying scriptures that pertain to financial strength. You need to study scriptures about wisdom, uh, wisdom, uh, other verses that would give you insight on what to do to build up your finances and to renew your mind according to God's plan for your life financially. <coughs> so, I want to talk for a few minutes about a few more uh, body parts that could have trouble and scriptures that will bring healing for that need. Let's look at the feet. We all have feet. So how about this one? If you're having trouble with your feet, Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 4. Your garments did not wear out on you, nor did your foot swell these 40 years. Wow. Walking around in the hot sun in the desert, and their feet did not swell the entire time. I tell you, that's that's miraculous power of God. So if you have any swelling in your feet right now, you need a healing in your feet, then, then I just release that healing anointing in your feet now in the name of Jesus. Just receive God's healing power right there in your feet. Get up, walk around. Go for a walk today. Praise the Lord. Here's another, another verse, Psalm 18, verse 33. He makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high places. And you, you and I both know deer can go up and down those mountains. And so you've got to have some good feet to be able to do that. God's making your feet just like that of a deer. So you can walk around, get up, get out, and enjoy your life and have health in your body. Acts chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. My friends, take these classic Bible verses and personalize them for your own needs. In other words, we see here the healing of the man who could not walk, who was a cripple. So if you have a situation, there's something wrong with your feet, your ankle bones, you just can't walk, then you take these scriptures and you say, that's mine. That same anointing, 
the same Holy Spirit can work and do a miracle in my life. So you find specific verses for your specific need. Luke chapter 10, verse 39, and she, referring to Martha, had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus's feet and heard his word. So if you need some healing in your feet, you sit at the Lord's feet, listen to his word and let the healing come. Romans 16, 20, and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. 1 Samuel 2, 9, he will guard the feet of his saints. So whatever you need, there is a remedy in the Bible that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Here's a couple in case you need some dental work. How about that? Keep those teeth looking, uh, looking nice and white and operating the way they should. How about these two verses? Listen to this. Genesis 49, 12. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. I like that. Praise the Lord. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 2. Your teeth are as white as sheep, recently shorn and freshly washed. Your smile is flawless, each tooth matched with its twin, just like sheep. It's, a, it's amazing. Every, everybody perfect, symmetry, everything looking the way that it should. So there are scriptures that will speak to your teeth, and you can claim those as well. <clears throat> Now, if you need some work in your lungs, uh, anything respiratory related, here's some verses concerning that. Acts chapter 17, verse 24 and 25. God who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is he worshiped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life to all breath and all things. It is God who gives breath God is able to heal your lungs, your respiratory system, so that you can breathe properly. Perhaps you suffer with allergies, and you really need a miracle in this area. You need to find these types of verses that pertain to uh, lungs and the nasal passageways. Praise the Lord. Lord, we give you glory today. Maybe, maybe you need a, another touch in your lungs. There's bronchitis or something along that line. How about this one? Second Samuel Chapter 2, verse 18, Asiel was as fleet of foot as a wild gazelle. Well, you can't run around being fleet of foot like a wild gazelle uh, if there's chest problems, if there's lung-related problems, or even cardiovascular problems with a plaque on the arteries and things like that. These are the kind of verses that you can use to believe God for, and as that, that anointing on the Word begins to work in your life, go out and do those things that you could not do before. In other words, exercise your faith. Say, I'm going for a walk. I'm going to go out today, and I'm going to walk for the first time a mile. I haven't walked a mile since maybe ever, but I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go start walking today and begin to exercise in faith as these scriptures are bringing the life and the healing power of God into your physical body. Job chapter 27, verses 3 and 4, As long as I can breathe, as long as God's breath is in my nostrils, I won't speak lies, nor will I utter deceit. So there's a lot to say about the breath of God in you, in your lungs, and so forth. And so if you need any type of healing, those are the type of scriptures that you need to be searching out. Uh, when it comes to uh, other types of conditions like uh, fevers, uh, cold, flu, things that involve the immune system, you want to search out those scriptures. I have compiled 
a very exhaustive list of scriptures that will soon be printed on a chart that you can hold in your hand and you can find the remedy. Remember, God's word is medicine. It's a remedy for all of your flesh, for everything in your body. And you can find out certain scriptures for your needs and you can take them, meditate on them. Yes, read through them, but read through them slowly, chew on it, meditate on it, and you'll be amazed how quick the Word of God will produce dramatic results in your life. Uh, so when it comes to things like fevers or things that would attack the immune system, Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 and 15. Now when Jesus had come into Peter's house, he saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. We're talking about God's healing power, the anointing of the Lord Jesus Christ, the moving of the Spirit to drive out fevers and the back off cold and flu symptoms. And if you've already got it, to expedite your healing and get that junk out of your body. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 15 and the Lord will take away from you all sicknesses and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known. Whether it's the swine flu, the Asian flu, the bird flu, or whatever it might be, the Lord will take away from you all sickness. He'll take it all away. And what so many of the sinners walking in the various diseases that are so common out there, those things will not touch you. God will protect you from it and keep you in good health and establish you with a supernatural immune system. Praise the Lord. I've got scriptures in here that I have pulled from the Word of God concerning conditions of mental illness, hid problems, abuse, and even emotional trauma. You can, you can pull all of that together and cover all of those areas with one verse because it really does cover the head. Whether it's emotional trauma, uh, things you saw that you wish you never would have saw, uh, events that took place in your life that, that have left your soul shattered, or abuse that has also left you with memories that you just can't, uh, you know, we, we can't clear out memories, but we can reach a place through the grace of God where things don't hurt us. Even if you recall it, it has no bite, it has no sting. And that's what the Lord can do to heal you. As well as, well as hit problems, you know, we hear so much today about concussions in sports, it used to be a like an emblem of manhood that if you got knocked out or you had a concussion, you just got back up and you, you accepted it. And it was just part of the uh, routine of various sports, particularly football, boxing, martial arts. But uh, those things uh, can cause real problems later in life and can cause uh, even... Uh, people to die well before their time, as we have seen with all the concussion-related injuries in professional football. So even head problems, mental illness, uh, things that can be affected with your brain or your mind through alcohol, which can kill brain cells, uh, through drug abuse, which can also affect your brain in a very negative way. You can cover this whole head thing with one verse. There's, there's more than one. There's some really good verses, but I'll give you one that can really be used to uh, bring healing into your head. Praise the Lord. And that would be Matthew chapter 27, 29. I want you to listen. This is a very powerful verse. It says, They wove thorn branches, they being the Roman soldiers. They wove thorn branches into a crown and put it on his head. And they placed a reed stick in his right hand as a scepter. By the way, they beat him also with that reed stick. They 
knelt before him in mockery and taunted, hailed king of the Jews. Now, I have seen these wild thorn bushes that grow uh, there in the area of Jerusalem and the surrounding uh, uh, parts of Israel. And most of those thorn bushes have thorns that are two inches long. But look, if you just took one thorn and it was just one inch long, like that long, and you took it and you stuck it all the way in into your mind, into your temple, into your head, you would have excruciating pain unlike anything you've probably ever had before. Well, think about it with a whole crown, with thorns being shoved into your head that were probably two inches long, pushed all the way in. The mental agony, the physical anguish, that the Lord experienced. Now, this is recorded in the Word of God because when Jesus went through his passion, his suffering, and his crucifixion, <clears throat> it was all for our redemption. And so the Lord basically took all of our anguish, all of our head problems, all of our mental abuse, all verbal abuse that, that affects the way we think, perhaps diminishes our outlook on life. Even sports-related injuries or car accidents in which a person's brain could be damaged or injured or drug-related abuse. The Lord took all of that upon himself when he went to Calvary for you. And the whole experience, not just being on the cross, but the entire suffering leading up to it, such as the crown of thorns being placed and pushed down extremely hard upon his head. I mean, blood was gushing out all over his head because that created holes in his head. Tremendous pain. So my friends, right now, if you have some type of damage to your brain, maybe you fell, maybe you slipped on ice, maybe you fell off of a skateboard, maybe you got hit in the head with a hockey stick, maybe something happened that shouldn't have happened, and it's, it's, uh, and it's, it's changed something uh, in a negative way with the way that you think, with the way that your brain works. Right now, just put your hand on my hand. In the name of Jesus, I release the healing anointing of Jesus into your head now. Be healed. I speak to those with emotional trauma, those who have suffered abuse with, with horrible images that still haunt them and torment them. I break that in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on my hand. Be healed in the name of Jesus. The Lord Jesus took it upon himself through his suffering with the crown of thorns. Right now, see that crown on the Lord's head. See him suffering in your place so that you can go right now free. You go free now. Be healed now in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. The healing power is flowing into your head now. Now, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Something just came off somebody. You got completely delivered. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God forever. My friends, the, the word is strong. The word is anointed. It actually says in Jeremiah, God said, my word is like a hammer. And it just shatters and breaks every bondage, every sickness, every disease. There's nothing stronger than the Word of God. So you, you hit those things with the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God, saying that condition, that testimony of praise is mine. And that, that miracle of healing that that biblical figure experienced is mine to the glory of God in the name of Jesus. I'm just giving you a few sample verses from uh, a few of the many that I have pulled together. Hallelujah. So many good things. There's uh, skin problems. I'm going to skip past that one. Uh, here are verses on good sleep. 
Uh, for those of you that you lay down in bed at night and you just can't go to sleep, there's a lot of verses that speak to that that you can claim and make your own. Uh, Psalm chapter 3, verse 5, I lay down and slept. I awoke, for the Lord sustained me. Psalm 127, 2, He gives His beloved sleep. Mark chapter 4, verse 37, And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. I'm telling you, the Lord could drop uh, down to a sleep at, at just the blink of an eyelash. He, if he was tired, he'd go to sleep. If he had room to get a nap, uh, he, had a, he would take it because he had an exhausting, tremendously demanding schedule, and he was carrying all of this out in a flesh and blood body, just like you and I have. Praise God. Lord, we give you praise. So there's a lot of verses about sleep. Ecclesiastes 5.12, the sleep of a laboring man is sweet. So it's time for you to get some good, sweet sleep. Job 11, verse 19, you will lie down with no one to make you afraid, and many will court your favor. How about that? Sleep and favor, both in one verse. You could believe God for two major blessings in your life just with one verse. Just like David only had one sling, uh, one sling and one stone. One stone, one scripture is all you need to take down your Goliath to win the battle and to bring forth great praise and a wonderful testimony that inspires the life of others. Praise the Lord. So you pick the ones that the Holy Spirit is highlighting to you as you search out the Word of God. Praise the Lord. Psalm 4, 8. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Praise God. So, even Peter, I like that one, Acts chapter 12. And when Herod was about to bring, bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. How about that? You're going to get your head chopped off the next day, but yet Peter is in, the, in that condition, but is so in faith and trust in the Lord that he goes to sleep. Praise God. And we both know that uh, he was delivered the next day. Scriptures on long life. Psalm 91, verse 16, if you want to live a long time, claim God's word concerning those specific promises. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Psalm 91, 16, Exodus 23, 26, I will fulfill the number of your days. I'm telling you that whatever you need, it's in the Bible. It's in the word of God. Now, this compilation of scriptures that I have pulled together specifically for healing and specific parts of your body that may need healing, that will go into print and be available uh, within a few more weeks. So I'll keep you posted when that is ready. But my friends, let's do something together. Now, let's take communion, and as we take communion, it will facilitate God's healing power in your body. And I want to uh, pull up a scripture that, I, that is also listed among the scriptures for healing of mental illness hid problems, abuse, and emotional trauma. And uh, this is from Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14. As we're getting ready to take communion, I want you to grab some, uh, some bread, some grape juice, and uh, we're going to take that. I want you to think in communion about what took place there at Calvary, the divine exchange. Our unrighteousness and our sinful nature was exchanged for his righteousness and his sinless nature so that we now have right standing with God. That's what it means to be righteous. It means you have right standing with God. And through the Lord's sacrificial act, 
we have now been justified free from sin. Justified means just as if it never happened. So a tremendous exchange took place at Calvary, and the Lord Jesus took upon himself the entire curse of the law. And Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 14 on, excuse me, verses 15 onward, mention the devastating effects of a curse. But it tells us very clearly through the teaching of the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, that we have been fully redeemed from the curse of the law. And included in that curse was all forms of sickness, disease, uh, trauma, uh, uh, horrible effects in life. We have been redeemed from the entire curse of the law. So this all took place at Calvary. When we take communion in just a moment, we want to see the Lord taking our sickness see the Lord taking our sin, see the Lord taking any bondage or difficulty, taking it upon himself so that we could be delivered and set free. Isaiah chapter 52 verse 14, it says, but many were amazed when they saw him. His face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. See, when he hung on that cross, people were shocked. Nobody had ever seen anything like it before, not only a man beaten as severely as he was, scourged and, uh, uh, and, and crucified, and they had yanked his beard out. They had punched him in his face, but he was also taking our sins upon himself, my sins, your sins, the sins of all humanity, of everybody who had lived before him, everybody living during that time, and everybody living in the future. That would mean you and I. We're 2,000 years in the future from this most epic event in human history. But all of our sins were placed on Christ, and it says his face was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human. The agony of being a sinless man, the agony of being God's son, the agony of becoming sin. Paul said that on the cross, he be Jesus became sin for us. The agony of a sinless man becoming filthy. The agony of being separated from your father, from God for the first time in eternity. It says that because of all of these things happening to him at Calvary, his face while he was on the cross was so disfigured, he seemed hardly human because of all the sin that he bore. And from his appearance, one would scarcely know he was a man. Now this is Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14. This of course is a messianic prophecy, speaking of Messiah Jesus. But he was so disfigured, he was so darkened by sin, and the whole thing was so awful that he didn't even look like a person almost. I mean, it, it was awful what sin did to him. Now remember, that's our sin. So as we're going to take communion, I want you to take uh, the bread and the wine. And we now bless it. Father, we thank you. This is now the, the, the body, the flesh, and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we take it, we thank you that, Je that Jesus became sin so that we could receive his righteousness. We thank you that on that cross, heaped upon him at one moment in time, were all of our sicknesses and diseases failures and shortcomings in life. Every traumatic uh, event, every emotional experience that would be wrong or bad, all, all junk, everything hideous, everything awful was put on him during that moment. 
We thank you, Father, that Jesus bore it all. Hallelujah. So, Father, as we take the flesh of Jesus and receive it, we thank you for the divine exchange that took place at Calvary. And we proclaim his death until he comes because it's through his death that we have this exchange for for sickness and disease we now have healing and health in our bodies so father as we receive his flesh we thank you now for his word working in our lives bringing forth healing into these areas where we need healing we give you praise in jesus name amen let us now receive the body of christ Praise the Lord today. God's Word woo, is working in your life. So you have to chew on it. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Chew on the Word. Meditate on the Word. Meditate on what Jesus did for you. Of your position now. Of being in right standing with God. Because of Jesus becoming sin for you. Father, we thank you for the great juice. Which is now. The blood of Christ, it's been blessed. Father, as we drink it, we receive the blood. And Jesus said, the life is in the blood. So, Father, and he said, his blood is true drink. So, as we drink it, we thank you that we receive all the full benefits of Calvary. The forgiveness of sins, the receiving of eternal life, the cutting loose of the sin nature, and the receiving and the impartation of the divine life. We now drink the blood of Christ. And we thank you for healing power flowing in our bodies now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us now drink the blood of our Lord Jesus. Praise God forever. Hallelujah. Your prosperity and your success is in your hands. It's really in your, it's within your power. You don't need to win a lottery ticket. You just, need, you just need to meditate on the Word. Hallelujah. You, you, that's all you need. That people are trying to do all kinds of other gimmicks. They're trying to reinvent the wheel with uh, uh, ways of thinking of man's carnal mind. And then remember, it says in the Bible that the carnal mind, which is the sin-natured mind, is at enmity with God. There's a hatred. They are, they are antithesis of each other. They don't get along. They don't, they don't work. The mind of God and the sinful mind of man. My friends, just receive the Word of God. Work the Word of God. And the blessings will manifest in your life. They will overtake you. And your life will become blessed, blessed, blessed. So your prosperity and your good success are now in your hands. Meditate upon God's Word, and you will grow stronger and stronger in Him. Hallelujah. Father, bless your people today. We thank you for biblical meditation. Let us now go chew on your Word. Father, God, bless your people with a great day and a week of victory and healing and health in you, in Jesus' name, who has redeemed us from all sickness and disease, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for watching. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.